welcome to another episode of Stock Talk. My name is Amin Reina and I'm an investment coach here at Sage Investors and this is episode 65. Today is investment review day. Uh, one of the things you, I do if you're a regular viewer or listener of Stock Talk is once a month I like to do an episode and I like to do a blog post where I kind of review some of my most recent investment decisions, usually investment decisions I've made in the previous month. And uh, and that's what uh, so that's what today is all about. And uh, if you go on my website, uh, sageinvestors.ca, I, you'll find my latest uh, blog post for my decisions that I made in January. January was a very interesting month. Um, usually, we were we would normally be focused on things like where the Federal Reserve is going to meet and talk about interest rates. And there's a lot of was a lot of talk about interest rates going up, but that really didn't play much of a factor in January because in January, of course, as we all know, uh, we had a new president take take the reins of, uh, of power and it has been anything but a smooth transition. So that's taken up a lot of a lot of the oxygen in terms of how we're factoring, how we're making investment decisions now. And one of the things, uh, one of the best quotes I've ever heard about in terms of managing and governing, I guess maybe in, in that sense, was that was this was this quote basically: "Anytime you open your mouth as a manager, as a leader, you're creating culture." And definitely, when you were looking at what the Donald has been doing and what I call him the Mad King, he's been up to. He has definitely been creating culture, and it's definitely a different culture what we're seeing that we're we're used to seeing probably the last last eight years. So. What's happened? What happened in January? Like a lot of things, you know, a lot of things have been said, a lot of things have been done. But at the end of the day, when I look at what's been going on, there's some themes that are coming up. And the themes that he keeps to be harping on a lot and how and how I'm kind of looking at them in terms of factoring my investment decisions have been around a couple of areas. One area is about protectionism. Kind of, you know, we can talk about the walls and all that stuff, but definitely a much more protectionist uh, angle. In terms of how businesses wants he wants to do business, uh, we're hearing stuff about trade wars, about tearing up trade agreements, renegotiating trade trade agreements. We're hearing things about devaluing currency, um, making currency cheaper so it can make uh, American exports more competitive, cheaper, and which is good for business. So these are the common themes that seem to be we're, we're hearing and we might continue to hear. And when you put these all these together, what that comes out of it is is inflation. And because all these types of policies and all these types of actions are very inflationary and could stimulate very uh, increases in prices of goods and services and wages and everything, which is good because we haven't had any wage growth. But if prices start accelerating for common things because it's just harder to get them because we've you've put up. Uh, uh, trade barriers or anything, and you're issuing tariffs on anything, and you're taxing stuff. That's not a good thing. So, that's the environment when I look back at January, what we're what we came into, and it kind of factored in some of the decisions that I made. And one of the decisions I made was I decided to open up a position in gold, and uh, I bought uh, an ETF that uh, invests directly in gold and owns physical gold assets. And I did it because for two reasons. One because of this inflation potential inflation narrative if this if these policies that the mad king has been talking about implementing could be inflationary and if it's inflationary that's kind of good for hard assets like gold 
So I bought, that's one side of it. The other side of it was to protect, sort of kind of hedge my currency exposure to US assets. I have quite a bit of my portfolio is in US dollar dominated assets, stocks primarily. So by buying gold, it's just for me another way that I can hedge some of that currency risk away. So uh, I didn't do 100% of it in terms of hedging, but I've hedged about half of, half of my position uh, by holding gold. So that's one element that I did in January. Second thing I did in January was, was a strange thing, perhaps, was something really out of my comfort zone in that I bought uh, uh, an ETF that invests in the, tracks the price of the VIX index, the volatility index, uh, which tracks the volatility of prices of the S&P 500. So I bought an ETF. Now, why did I do that? Well, at the end of the year, one of the things I'm always looking for, uh, for in terms of investment opportunities are uh, asset classes or assets out there that are been that are out of favor by the market or badly performing. Because often last year's out badly out badly bad performers become next year's winners. And so uh, when I was looking down the list of assets that really underperformed in 2016, the VIX index was one of them. It, it was stayed uh, stubbornly low. Despite all the crazy volatility they're going, it stayed uh, crazy low. And I thought, you know what, maybe for 2017, this might be a good kind of uh, investment to look at. So because when you're factoring all the volatility that's occurring with the, the Mad King and his pronouncements and decrees, um, factoring in the fact that the, the VIX index has been, or has been quite depressed over the last year, I thought it'd be a really good, interesting contrarian play. So I bought a small position, a speculative position in that. And suffice to say, it didn't go well. And uh, literally after like five days or six days, it was down 20%. And so I sold it um, because in keeping with my, uh, my philosophy, my ideology is that if I'm down, if, I, if an investment is down 20%, I sell no matter what. I try to cap my losses. And, uh, and it just went down. And so clearly the, this type of investment is something I normally don't try to do, but I looked at it more as a contrarian kind of play and uh, made it as a contrarian investment decision and it didn't go well. And so the lessons that I take away from that are don't go into areas that are not in your comfort zone. Investing and in trying to play volatility and all these kind of like in a way abstract kind of um, data points is a fool's game. There are better ways to, if you feel really bullish on them or weak, uh, pessimistic on the market, there's other ways, more sane ways to do it instead of buying a volatility, a VIX ETF. Um, to me, the experience was kind of like investing in the weather. And because you never, even though you know it's spring, uh, you don't know what it's gonna be day to day and there's gonna be all kinds of crazy uh, price movements. And I saw this while, while I was holding that. and. Uh, and I go, oh, that's, this is not for me. So in a way, so it's a lesson learned for me that I'm not going to go to try to be a smarty pants and try to know this kind of stuff or try to pro try to profit from some of this stuff. It's just not working. So I lost, I was down 20%, boom, sold it right away. And it's, and a lot of it is, is you know, trying to just manage losses. Cause sometimes, you know what, you're not going to be able to, not every investment decision you're going to make is, is going to be a winner. And so you have to know how to manage your losses. And so that's one of the things I've disciplined myself now. Anytime I know that something is going to not work, um, I, I have my exit point. And it's really important to have that exit point. We spend so much time trying to figure out what stocks we want to buy and how much return we want to get and all that stuff and valuing things. And understand. we need to understand also how do we, how do we control our risk and how do we manage our risk. So this was to me, a, a personal lesson for me 
uh, through holding that. So it, it, it dinged me in the pocket, but I think I've learned my lesson and I don't think I'm going to make that kind of mistake down the road uh, doing a similar thing. Another decision that I made in uh, January was I decided to sell my position in Under Armour. Uh, again, uh, which I only purchased uh, literally a, like a couple of months ago. And uh, as you know, I've done a mind map exercise on my website. I've commented a bit uh, you know, on my thought process and uh, why I thought Under Armour was, uh, was an undervalued stock. Um, but I sold it because uh, the stock just got killed. It went down one day, it was uh, down like 21%. Bad earnings report and uh, a lot of people just pitched it and just dumped it. And I was down, um, my loss on it was 37%. I was already down on it before this uh, disaster report came out and so I was down 37%. Um, I was up, actually up a little bit on it and then it just had a, a really bad couple of days. And so um, the day it went down 21%, I sold it. I just said, okay, I, 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 despite the fact I like the business, I think the business is it's, it's becoming now one of the most recognizable brands out there in, in, a, in, in the performance apparel. Um, so I like the business, so I, I think it's still a good company. It's still making good money. It's making really good economic profit. The stock is just out of favor. And the fact that I was down 37% would mean I didn't need the stock to like almost double for me to just break even, which I don't think it's gonna do anytime soon or any, any, any reasonable time. So I just said, you know what, I'm done with it. Sold it again, took my loss, and uh, decided to play another day. Who knows, you know what, if the stock keeps going down even more, it might actually be a point where I might want to jump back in. Because I think it's a, I think it's a solid business. I think it's a, it's a good, well-run business. It's just the stock price, just the numbers just didn't, couldn't justify it at this point. The stock was priced for perfection. It was as the stock was just like in the 70s, 80s. It was like a high-flying stock. It was just the darling of Wall Street, and now it's just like garbage. Um, even though the company still continues to deliver really decent performance. So it's out of favor, it's getting kind of wrung out through the system, and so I'm going to keep my eye on it because at some point I might want to dip my toe in and come back in on it. In on it. Um, again, same message, controlling your losses, managing your losses, you know, having that exit point. Again, same exact example, I did the same thing. Another move I did in January also was I sold my position in Tyson Foods, another company I really liked, but I, I had to make a move on it. I made 6.4% on the position, um, so I made some money off of it, um, but I was kind of sad to, to sell the position because I think it's, it's one of my you know, companies that I think are really well run, well managed. It's really in a totally dominant position in its industry. So why did I sell it? Well, I sold it because there were a lot of reports coming out that another kind of crazy strain of bird flu is out there and it's starting to, starting to hit. And if that's the case, um, that's gonna really impact, um, you know, eggs and chickens. Like if, 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 if a lot of their, their bird stock or chicken stock or whatever has to be, gets ill and comes down with this bird bird flu virus, this avian flu virus, then that's gonna be devastating for production and it's just gonna be devastating for, you know, in terms of revenues and profitability um, from that perspective. So to me, I viewed that this, this, this uh, situation with the bird flu as a negative game changer moment. And so when I, I've talked about negative game changer moments in the past and usually when you have those moments, it's usually you just sell and you just don't ask questions. And so we really don't know how serious this is going to be, but I think right now this is going to be a cloud over the stock. And so I was making some money off of it. I just sold it. I didn't ask any questions about it. I just sold the position. I would rather sell the position 
and let all the dust clear with all whatever happens and then come back in and buy it. So again, this is another company I really like. I like the business. I like what they're in. I think it's a core kind of business you want to stock, you want to buy and you just keep, you know, holding it for a while. Um, but it's just the, 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 the negatives right now in terms of the external environment around it are just, I think, are, can, can really kill the stock for a while or just make it really not do a heck of a lot. But so again, I'm going to keep my eye on it because if things start settling down with it and they seem to get through the patch, um, okay, then yeah, I'll go, I'll, I, I'm more than happy to buy in on that type of thing. So those are kind of the moves that I made in January and really what I'm doing now, because the environment has changed so dramatically, the culture has changed so dramatically, I'm really starting to look at all my other positions, my other US stock positions because, um, yeah, because of these moments, because of this, uh, these policies that we're kind of hearing about, this protectionist kind of policy kind of really entrenches itself. I think it's going to make um, U.S. assets really not as desirable as probably they used to be. So I'm going to keep my eye on it. There are some areas and pockets uh, where, where Trump is talking about that are probably going to benefit from, um, benefit from his policies like defense, uh, the infrastructure side of it, and also the financial services side, the fact that he's going to roll back all the... Dodds-Frank stuff and go back to 1999 where it was a big party is bad. I think it's a bad move, but you have to, as an investor, you're going, holy crap, there's like deregulation going there. Maybe there may be opportunities for these type of companies to make money. As much as I don't have, you know, this is, becomes more of like an ethical, moral kind of issue, but the fact of the matter is, as looking at purely as an investment perspective, there, is, there might be opportunities. So I'm really looking closely at some of my positions. I own positions in like, retailer kind of companies like Walmart, I'm looking, okay, you know what? I'm trying to figure out, okay, if, 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 if the U.S. adopts like tariffs and, um, you know, all kinds of uh, protectionism kind of things, especially against China, where Walmart kind of imports a significant amount of its inventory from, or products come from China, if, the, if Trump starts putting taxes and tariffs on all kinds of imports from China, well, that's going to impact Walmart because it's going to have to force them to raise their prices. And here's that inflation play coming. And ultimately, it can force them to, uh, you know, just it could impact their profitability in that sense. So, I'm really kind of playing around right now, trying to think through, mind map myself through some of the, the positions that I have and going, you know what, does it really make sense to hold on to these things given the culture and the environment that's kind of coming into play? So that's something I'm trying to think about right now going forward. So and I'm going to talk about it in future episodes of Stock Talk. So uh, I also hear, appreciate hearing anybody else's views on this. If you have some insights into takes and what you're doing, uh, feel free to shout. So you can hit me through my email, which is through my website, www.sageinvestors.ca. You can hit me through there. You can find some more information about my courses that I teach, my investing courses that I teach. I teach courses on how to invest in ETFs, as also how to invest in stocks, buy and sell individual stocks, and also my coaching services. You can check all that stuff out there too. Or you can hit me through Twitter. Um, my handle is at Sage Investors, and I'm on there all the time commenting, retweeting uh, really cool things that I'm seeing that I'm using to help frame my own investment decisions. So I'm sharing all that stuff out there. So please follow and uh, chime in and love to hear you about that. So that's pretty much all I got for you. It was a pretty eventful month and it wasn't, as you can see, it wasn't a very good month, but I think uh, in the long term, these are blips. And the key thing here as I want to read it is managing your losses. You, every investment decision you're going to make is not going to work out. 
And so you need to be able to manage that uh, effectively. Because if you can manage that effectively, you're gonna keep more money in your pocket. And long-term, you're gonna make good decisions on top of it. Your money's gonna grow. And so that's a key, uh, kind of a takeaway that I got from, from a lot of the actions that I did in, uh, in January. So that's all I got for you. That's been another edition of Stock Talk. My name is Amon Reyna of Sage Investors, and thank you for watching and listening. Don't forget, we're also on, all our episodes of Stock Talk are on, on iTunes. So you can download the podcast version of this episode and all our previous episodes right there. They're all right there for you. So subscribe, download, like, love to hear from you. All right. Take care. Bye-bye.